Welcome to this crossover episode of Let's Chat. I'm Chris Rebel, coming in from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Jack and Andy are from the Naked Diner podcast, and we did a little crossover episode today. Uh, so you can go check out their podcast, and you can hear me on there. So make sure you check out uh, their podcast. And if you say, you're like, I don't know, do I want to hear your voice some more? Totally get it. Go through the back catalog. They've, we've had um, some similar guests with Kevin Bartini. I recommend the episode that I first found with W. Kamal Bell, who's a fantastic comedian who has the CNN show, United Shades of America. They have a fantastic backlog in the 20-whatever-plus episodes they have. Uh, the What I have to say about these guys, you ever meet someone and you're like, you're way smarter than I am. <laughs> I got that feeling from these guys. They're super fucking smart. Really fucking nice. Uh really in, super intellectual uh, and funny. Wonderful, wonderful people. I can't thank them enough for doing this crossover. So it's a big deal because they've got some great reviews from Split Sider and Huffington Post and they're like a bit much bigger show. So it's like, oh man. Uh, so it was nice for them to come on. Anyway, enough about my insecurities. Uh, this is a great episode. We talk about podcasting, atheism and all and everything in between. Uh, as always, we are on the Core Temp Arts Network. Find us on coretemparts.com. My Twitter is at Let's Chat Podcast. There's a Facebook page for the show. And uh, I'm going to read off all the stuff to find these gentlemen at. But I promise you, you can always just go to coretemparts.com and then you could find uh, all the links. So for um, Andy, is does Laughing in Disbelief, which you can go to patheos.com slash blog slash laughing in disbelief. It's. Um, Kind of like a satirical atheist site. I'm reading it right now. There's like an article that said, God intentionally falsified data with a picture of Kid Rock. Um, really funny stuff. Also, there's a Facebook page for them. It's just facebook.com slash the diner podcast. Also, check out their webpage, where the booth is for Jack, the uh, zxh-creative.com. Both of them are on Twitter. Andy is at Laugh Purgatory. Jack is at LED Flashing. Again, it's annoying as shit to hear all this, so just go to the Core Temp Arts website. Make sure you check out their show. Go through their entire backlog. And if you want to hear me on there, you can. But um, just really wonderful dudes. Uh, I got nothing else for you. Oh, I just want to give a quick shout-out to uh, Xavier Gray from Geek Gravy. He was really nice and wrote me a really nice message about the most recent episode before this with his... Mike Price, who is a writer for The Simpsons, of course, and uh, creator, co-creator of FS, FS for Family, and that was a really big deal. It was definitely the biggest episode I've ever had. Uh, so shout out to Xavier. Check out Geek Gravy, fellow Core Temp Arts show. And thank you for all the feedback. I've been getting a lot of wonderful messages from people and a real interactiveness to the show, which I've really wanted for a while. I want to hear who you want me to have on. I've been having some lack of inspiration of who to ask on. I got a nice backlog of wonderful guests I can't wait to post. But like a month from now, I'm like, I don't know, who do I ask? So let me know. And people have been reaching out. I've been getting some really cool stuff and some good stuff down the pipeline I can't wait to share. As always, let's just get right to it. Thank you, Jack and Andy. Andy, you're the one that's working. We're not far from each other. Where are you, man? 
Providence, you're Bo- are you Boston? Is that right? I, I'm, I'm actually just moved out of the, well, I tell people from outside of Massachusetts that oh, I'm yeah, from Boston. But I'm in the city of champions, and oh god, I hate saying that, in Brockton, uh, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, so that's, it's, uh. So that's like maybe a midway point between, yeah, Boston that's, uh, and Providence. that's far for you and I, we're far from each other, but anywhere else in the country, we are neighbors. Yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, that's the, that's the same way. Yeah, I technically live in Tempe, but when anybody asks, I'm in Phoenix. It's close enough. That's all anyone needs to know. Yeah, yeah no. Unless you're actually shit. like in the state. Yeah. No, oh god, no one even knows the state. I mean, I live in Rhode Island. No one even knows where that is to begin with. Like, is that Long Island? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> no, and I'm not. I'm not from here either, so I don't take offense to it. I'm like, whatever. I don't care. So where are you from, man? Connecticut, which is worse. <laughs> But I'm not from the super hoity-toity wealthy part of Connecticut. I like to let people know that off the bat. <laughs> to tell you the truth, that's probably a wise idea because Connecticut does have a reputation of being full of douchebags, basically. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, you're from the, oh, there the, the, I thought my it, video was on. From the, you're from the slumming it part of Connecticut? That's uh... Yeah, actually. <laughs> I hear that Hartford's a pretty hard town. Yeah. It's, well, I'm not from Hartford, fortunately, but yeah, Hartford's like uh, – Connecticut is like the epitome of like uh, class disparity because you'll have like a mili- a town with billionaires and millionaires, and then, then the town next to it is just like fuck like Hartford. It's one of the most dangerous cities in America. It's just it's just uh, urban and decay next to like wealth. So I'm from like the middle part, like Meriden, which is like uh, halfway between nice and not nice. Some parts are nice, parts are shit. Just a small shitty city. There's no reason to go there. Rock and roll. That's yeah. great. So you guys are just primed to be uh, uh, for Trump country then. You guys going to make America yeah. great again? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> and no one in no. my family is either. Oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to disown anybody. <laughs> no, no, I'm a, I'm a, if, if it's okay, I'm Sanders, if that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> He's actually down the street from my house right now, and I didn't go. Oh, really? Huh? Yeah, because I was like, eh. Yeah, how's I, he polling in Connecticut? I mean, how's he polling in uh, Rhode Island? Oh, it's great. Our super delegates have already pledged their uh, allegiance to Hillary Clinton before the election, so my vote doesn't matter. <laughs> so it's still Rhode Island. I, I, let's be fair here. I mean, it's still Rhode Island. There's like what twenty four. Really? Yeah. No, I how listen. Did, how does Rhode Island get so many? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know the system, and it's not the 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 points. It's just more of the like. The fact that they announced who they're voting for before I even voted. I'm like, I mean, whatever. You're going to do what you're going to do. But, like, come on, man. Don't even I, – I fucking hate Hillary, so. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, don't, I think we're all on the same page with that, I assume. Um, yeah, more or less. I mean, you know, I, I – I, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a weird thing, this this election, because uh, I, I, I was t- just telling – my friend the other day that that i think it's very very strange that you know i i totally support bernie even though you know if you do one of those calculators he's going to cost me more in taxes Uh, yeah but and and then if you look at hillary it's like just straight flat no change at all yeah and and so what's weird for me is like especially living out here in arizona which is such a red state to begin with you know i'm surrounded by all these other people who are flagrant idiot republicans and and so for me it's like, well look here's here's what happens either Bernie gets gets to run as the Democrat or Hillary runs, 
the 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 rabid Bernie supporters split the vote, and somehow Trump becomes president. Which as a white male, that's not necessarily bad for me personally. It's just bad for <laughs> everyone I care about, right? Like, yeah. So, so, so I don't know how to quite handle that. Where it's like, uh, yeah, look, I can survive a Trump presidency. It's not. I know. It's really not the end of the world for me. Well, but. If, if Hillary could be a better candidate, we wouldn't have this problem. Or if the DNC rather would maybe listen to people. <laughs> oh God, it's just been brutal. Like how how much it's such a coronation. You know, they're not even like trying to hide it. It's just like, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. And then I don't want Cruz to win either. Oh no no no! Cruz he actually scares me more. I, I will yeah. leave the fucking country if Cruz becomes president. Yeah, he he actually scares he'll, me. He'll send out you know. Well, I, all right. So 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 let's start this properly. Oh, Andy, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, Chris is an atheist. We're atheists. Yes. Uh, and and we've all kind of we this this whole show kind of happened as a as a convergent evolution thing because we had Dolan on doing his. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah d- doing his talk, talking to him about, uh, you know, child abuse in, in, in Christian families and whatnot. And, and Chris, you, you recently had on, oh, I don't remember his name. Oh, Joe. Joe Capuzio, Joe, yeah. I think his name is. Yeah. And, and he was not, talking yeah. about, uh, you know, uh, some heartbreaking some shit. Child sexual abuse from priests and whatnot, right? Oh, so, yeah. 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 Ooh. Yeah, and, and and our episodes launched on the same day, which was oh, that's or, funny. Or at least the same week. Which was, so was well, like, that's oh, just oh, kismet. I don't know if that's the right use of that term, but I it sounds like that is the right use of that term. I think. Yeah. So, so so I was just like, huh. So we kind of got at the very least, we're in the same zeitgeist right now. And fellow and atheist comedy you know, nerds who also support sexual uh, survivors, <laughs> sexual yeah, survivors. Yeah. yeah, we're a very small Venn diagram. I don't know what you guys, but that episode for <laughs> me, like, did not get the reach that my normal episodes do, because that's a, that's like a one-off episode I had, and like, wow, people don't want to listen to this as much. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's weird. that's the thing that really blows my mind about a lot of podcasting is it's just, you know, you get somebody on and and you. You wish to, like, you do a couple of fun and happy episodes, and then you're just like, okay, this is one where we're actually going to make a difference, and everybody just kind of glosses over that one yeah. and wakes you to... Well, yeah. you know, I think, I think that even with the happy episodes that we have, there's, there's pushing. You know, I mean, we, we... Well, I think that's where... I, I think we go out of the way to make, <laughs> to make the guests like, feel comfortable, but we do push. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I actually, I had listened to your show many times before that, so I was so excited to do this, I was like, oh man, hell yeah. You guys had uh Kamal Bell on. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. I how did that blew my mind? I fucking love that dude. And then from then on, and then I was looking through your backlog. I'm like, I recognize like a third of these names. So then I went on a rabbit <laughs> hole. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we're we're very fortunate to have very good to to have great guests. Um, and a lot of it. And Jack and I were talking about this before coming on, um, the show here. You know, our private conversation. And a lot of it is just showing up online and being part of the community with the W. Kamal Bell coming on, I was basically crushing it on the hashtag whites against Trump. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that he retweeted me and immediately after his retweet, I pretty much went to his site, sent him a thank you letter. Uh, it's a thank you email huh. uh, for retweeting. And then, you know, we just started talking 
and uh, wow. and I did the ask, and he and we set something up. Yeah, and I was lucky that you know he was promoting his new show, which is on tonight. Sundays. Uh, I think it, yeah, I think it airs tonight. I want to say yeah, and so we had a really good conversation. And the thing is, we just didn't talk about his show, but because you know Jack and I like talk, you know, like researching. Our guests. No, you like research. <laughs> I do. We, we got to have some really good discussions about his personal experiences with racism. And, um, so yeah, yeah, that was, we, we, I like to cover a lot of bases when we have. Oh, no, I love on. it. I think it's great. Now, now, yeah. what, so, so your show, you, you, you're basically, it, it's you and the guests. So it's more of yeah. a. Well, I it, used it, to have a, a lot more of a merit trip. Uh, a long, a long time ago, and he quit pretty early on, like within the first 20 episodes. And then I got hooked into podcasting, and I just didn't have That's the, the whole, yeah, I didn't have, I honestly, I got so committed to it, I couldn't find anyone else to ask to join me that I wouldn't end up hating because they wouldn't, they'd let me down. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, once, you know, this is a common theme too, because I've done, I've made short movies, you know, like short movies, like five, Six, oh, wow. eight That's minute awesome. films, um, you know, comedic stuff, atheist stuff. I've, I've co-written screenplays. Um, I've done a bunch of creative endeavors and finding good people to team up with is a very difficult thing. It's so um, hard. I think it, it, it's difficult because you got to show up and not only do you have to show up, you have to be present too and actually contribute. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough to find good people. I mean, I, I know that sounds like a white middle-aged guy kind of thing to say. <laughs> no, but um, it, it is. So, but yeah, so that's where that came, that was my problem. And then I was like, well, fuck it. I can do this myself. And then just the ball, just the snowball kept going from there. And then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And sure. Yeah. I, I'll have some guest hosts on sometimes, but now I've got to this weird control thing. I'm like, I don't know. It's just easier if it's just me. Cause like, I don't have to worry about well, it. You know, it is, it is important because not only do you have to get someone as a co-host or someone to work with especially you know the medium is the message so not only is it difficult to get someone who shows up but someone that you can build some kind of cadence with yes you know because two people talking to one person that can be awkward but but i think the thing that that jack and i have is that we've been able to build up you know what jack 27 episodes in right now yeah yeah just over half a year yes so we've been able to to build up some kind of cadence between the two of us. Yeah, no, we've managed to put together some kind of thing where, and, and, and I, I joke when I say that, that, you know, I don't research and you do, but you tend to come a little more prepared than I do, yeah. which is fine. Cause I'm, you know, dicking around with all the audio shit while we're recording and, oh. and making sure everything sounds right and that kind of thing. And, and I just chime in when I can. And, and I think that that, kind of works for us because I, I, every once in a while I'll manage to throw in some question that comes out of left field based on what the guest is saying and that mm. kind of thing. Yeah, you guys and, got, and you, you compliment each other's your strengths and weaknesses, all that good stuff. I think so. I really do. That's yeah. that, Actually, I've said that before on, on I think it was uh, uh, not World of Row, but uh, uh, I was on uh, Pastors Bipod a little while ago. And he had asked some question about this kind of thing, and I basically said that me and Andy, between the two of us, we make one competent host. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's perfect. perfect. Yeah. yeah. Nobody realizes how, how really indie podcasting is. Oh, you know? I'm in my bedroom. 
Yeah, yeah, I really admire, well, what, what am I? The word isn't admire, it's jealous. I'm just jealous of people who have real studios. Oh, I know. <laughs> and, and, not... and, you know, I, and, and we do such a good job, I think. I'm gonna sound like a fucking wanker for, uh, this is just me fucking spouting off wankerish things, I guess, for this hour. But, you know, I think we do have a fairly decent job just doing this on Skype. And typically, yeah. I can't, you know, right now, for all of you out there listening, everyone can see each other. All three of us, yeah. we're on, on a good connection, we can all see each other, we can all see each other's responses. But typically when we do the podcast, you know, because there are audio issues, we don't see each other's face. And that's that can be pretty fucking tough to like, you know, to really keep rolling. Um, so yeah, I, I am jealous of people who can do this live, like Marin. Marin who's yeah. in his fucking garage and just sits right across from the other guy and they can just like bounce yeah, off Yeah, and other. he's got a producer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he also makes money. And he's at Obama. <laughs> so, I guess yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Well, but I mean, you know, his show was out for what? Five years? Four or five years before yeah. Obama came on. So, so it's even not like he wasn't that, working at it. And... No, even before then, though, he had some incredible guests before that. And he's also been a comedian and a performer. Yeah, well, it's just, I, well th- that's just it. I mean, he, he had a good situation where he's in L.A., He's got a house. He's already got the studio set up and he's already a stand up and tied into all those people. So he could basically, you know, Hey, you're a road comic. Well, instead of, you know, staying at the, at the, at the, at the comic condo, you you (laughs) come stay at my house. We sit and talk for an hour and then you go do your gig and that's fine. Like, I mean, that was the model that he was able to use. Yeah. His story is funny because he was like at his last legs, like everything had failed on him and his yeah. podcast was a last-ditch effort to make a couple extra bucks and then, holy shit, did it take off. And Well, he was at the right place at the right time. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, like them and NPR kind of posi- were positioned perfectly. NPR, I think, more so. Like they're just like, they're super ahead of the curve with technology and like uh, every NPR, like, you know, there's millennial, I'm a, technically a millennial, but I'm 31, but there's 20-year-olds and uh, 19 year olds who listen to podcast NPR shows like that didn't when I was 19 I did not listen to an NPR show like I wasn't talking about like all things considered or whatever but now like serials like hip and uh yeah. but that you know that's they just did they had the infrastructure in place and then but sometimes well, that's the thing I, that, that's the well. thing you raise, raise a good point is that there's an infrastructure involved and, and, and we can go back to Marin too Marin had a an infrastructure of um, capital personal capital that yeah. he could dwell on um, and that's a good thing about, about our podcast, uh, The Naked Diner, is that, that I run the blog on Pathios, Laughing and Disbelief, so I get to connect with a lot of people via the blog, too. So, so there's, there's yeah, like a and, mini, and, there's a mini infrastructure that we have working. There really kind of is, cause, you know, I mean, I've, I've been podcasting forever. It feels like. So. Have you done shows before, you guys have done shows before this, too? I, I've been podcasting since 2012. Oh, wow. You're uh, like in the I, early I, years. Yeah, I, we, we, we had a, uh, me and three of my friends, we had a blog called Left Hemispheres and I started doing a podcast for that. We did that for like a year and then I did a couple other shows on and off in between there. And then we started this one. So oh I, I've been more or less continually podcasting for the past three and change years. How has it changed? Because I've, I've noticed, uh, there's a time. <coughs> Two years ago, where no one knew what I was talking about, where like you know things were right when I started. It was, I mean, I, I definitely more of a Johnny come lately in a way, but then in a way not. But like, it's definitely grown. 
immensely. Oh, no. Yeah, People know yes. what they are now if they don't even listen. The reference in TV... I just, I don't know if you guys watched The Flash, but they just made a, a pun about, or they made a, a joke, and the punchline was about the show Serial. And like, <laughs> did you ever hear that story of like SNL a few years ago, maybe two years ago, or three years ago, they had a sketch with Fred Armisen was, uh, Ira Glass, and it got cut because Ira Glass wasn't famous enough. And then the following oh. year, they did their season closeout of a serial parody with, uh, Santa Claus. <laughs> it was really good, but in that one year, it went like. Uh, well, but you know, I mean, Saturday Night Live is a great example of of how the podcasting medium. It, it, if I'm going to speculate into, yeah, you know how how oh, people move and and how things. How, well, I mean, you know, Saturday Night Live, huge show. It's been on what thirty uh, some odd years now. Forty, right? right? I think is it just forty. Like, yeah. yeah, dude, it's been 70, forty. Because that was. Uh, oh. That big yeah. part, they just had that big You know, the, the whole millennial or millennium switchover is where my math goes all wrong. Like, I tend to ignore the aughts for some reason when I'm doing math. And, <laughs> yeah, and no, one dates. no one likes them. <laughs> There's no <laughs> culture from me. that time that came out. I am, I am properly Gen X, and, and I know. I know. No one cares about the aughts. But no one talks about music from that time. No one talks about <laughs> film from that time. Maybe they do, but it's not. Well, you know, part of, that, that's a whole other thing. That's Give it 10 years. There. Right? But like, okay. uh, you, you, no, I don't mean, but, uh, you, you know, Saturday Night Live, it, it was this huge show that started and, and you look at all the people who were instrumental in getting Saturday Night Live up and running. And before they were doing Saturday Night Live, they were doing, uh, uh, the, the National Lampoon Radio Hour. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that was, th- those shows are amazing if you mm. listen to those. Oh yeah, big time. Still, like, ridiculously funny stuff. So, it's more about the talent and what the talent's doing and, and what the talent is finding new and interesting ways to express themselves. And you look at podcasts. Well, I mean, you know, all kinds of people are podcasting mainly as, as, as a promotional vehicle for themselves. If you look at people who are already in the, in the industry, they're, yeah, they're of course. it's a great one. Yeah. And, and I just want to find out how those people. I mean, obviously, those people are using podcast editors, and I can do that. So, you know, people fucking pay me. Come on. Yeah, I have a buddy who does that. <laughs> uh, he does like freelance editing. Um, I don't know if you, he runs Future Horse Pod, but he's on. Uh, my buddy Tyler, he does. He's much younger. He's like right, just about to be fresh out of film school, and like his goal is to work in podcasting and you know film as well. But yeah, he does like freelance podcasting. I think he gets all his work from Reddit. Right. Yeah. I don't That's know fantastic. if you read it. Um, I think I'll have to put you in touch. You should talk to him and be I, like, how do you do that? I want to make some side money. Yeah, no, I, I'd love to edit other people's shows. I'd, yeah. I'd, <laughs> I would gladly do that. Yeah. I'm like, spills, but. I know that would be awesome. I'm like, I'm not that good at editing. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't, I couldn't do it for other people. I could barely do my own. It's funny. Well, but that's, that, that'll come. How long have you been doing your show? Uh, two and a half, almost three years. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So, but, uh, I, I feel like the first maybe, there's a lot of them that I almost don't really count. I mean, they, they exist, but they're not very oh good. No, I, I've got entire shows that don't yeah. really count. You know? <laughs> I started off literally, it was just my friends. I didn't know how to use Skype. I didn't know how to do anything else. Uh, uh-huh. so I just had my friends who weren't, and God bless them that 
Well, actually, no. That's just an old saying. I don't believe that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Thanks for them for doing it. It was a fun practice, but then I got to kind of expand once I got on Twitter, and it's like, oh. Like, I ran out of guests. I was like, who do I get next? And then it just all snuck. I have an existential fear of running out of guests. Right now, we're booked, I think, through June. Uh, Jesus. Or, or, into, or through May into June. And, uh, wow. I, and, and I have an existential fear of running yeah, out and, of guests. Andy, uh, Andy's Andy's uh, paranoia does a great job of keeping us going. That's amazing. Because he will look way into the future. Yeah. And, and, and so now we're just like, okay, well, we have to keep doing the show another – so even when you start to feel a little lag, right? You're just yeah. like, oh, do, do I want to keep doing this? Well, you know what? We've already got guests for the next two months. So that's impressive. That- and, and, and you know, the way to get good, to get good guests, like we got Dale Hickman from, um, our buddy Dan Finca, uh, the philosopher. So you can have guests actually recommend other people oh, yeah. as guests. And that's, that's a great pipeline to have. Well, I especially, think that's, that's, especially if they like you, you know, I mean, yeah. if you're likable and if you treat the guests with respect, um, and have a good time, I mean, people will do, will help you out. Yeah. I kind of got that. I, I'm kind of starting to get the sense where like, not, because it's, it, it's, it's important that you're, that you get out to audiences and say, Hey, and, and have audiences telling their friends and stuff. Hey, the, the, these guys we're listening to, they're always going to have somebody interesting. You're not sure what direction it's going to go in, but it's yeah. going to be fun, that kind of thing. But it's also important to have guests who talk to each other say things like, hey, these guys, yeah. you know, they, they do a good interview. They, they, they treat you well. They're not going to fuck with you and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. I don't know. What are your atheist origin stories? Do you guys have any good ones? Oh, atheist origin Did you stories. guys like, grow up <laughs> religious? Because everyone seems to come to it in a different way. I'm going to let Jack take this one first. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so so I grew up uh, Byzantine Catholic. All right, I already know what that is, so let's get start with that. <laughs> that's that's uh, 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 you're East Roman. That's what you are. You're the East, yeah. East Roman Empire, Jack. Yeah, uh, no. I, uh, well, I mean, officially, uh, it, we went to a Byzantine Catholic church because my my mom's side of the family was Greek, and they were Greek Orthodox. So, it, if you don't know anything about how that entire chunk of Catholicism works, it's it's basically. Um, you know, uh, uh, there's the Pope and then there's the, the Moscow Patriarchate and the Constantinople Patriarchate and these two other groups, they have a head of their church who they consider themselves to be equal with the Pope, but the Pope doesn't see himself as equal with them. So they're kind of like this, you know. (laughs) Younger children of the, of, of, of the church. And, and they have their own thing going on. They're, they're, there's some things that are different. Some things are the same. They tend to be a little bit stricter. Um, but when you're growing up in America, there's not a huge population of this stuff. So, so you end up basically going to regular Catholic churches anyway, because they're the ones that exist in your shitty little town. And, you know, there's just not a big enough population to, to support them. So I have a question, Jack. So you call yourself Byzantine Catholic, but that's different from Eastern Orthodox. Uh, it's 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 generally the same idea. Right? Because like, I know that like my know gra- the- like my grandfather would celebrate Christmas on Jan January sixth sixth. Hmm. Right for for the whole whatever phrase they have for that is. So what the fuck's going on with the Holy Spirit? Because I was talking to a priest and also a, a, a minister for a priest from the Eastern Orthodox Church too, one time at a wedding. I was trying to cause trouble because that's what I do. I was trying sure. to get them to explain. 
Because Roman Catholicism is all about, what is it? The Holy Spirit as being the same substance as God, right? But Eastern Orthodox, and I should have asked Dan this when he was on. I don't know if he would know, he would know this. But, but the Eastern Orthodox say that even though the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, it is not of the same substance as God. Well, I, I never got into substance much. The, 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 the most I can tell you about the, the theology of the East, uh, of the Eastern Catholic Churches is at some point I was, I want to say six or seven and we went to midnight mass for Christmas mm. and, and the, the priest was doing his thing, giving the, the sermon and, and made some comparison between, you know, Christmas and Jesus's birthday and said, and, and so, and tried to segue right into a hymn from there, but didn't realize they were sarcastic children in the audience <laughs> <laughs> and said, and said, okay, so finished his, this whole speech about how Christmas is Jesus's birthday and said, okay, now let's sing. And I just started singing happy birthday. <laughs> nice. And, nice. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and the priest, to his credit, looked at me and said, that kid's going to be a priest, which was wrong horribly, oh. but my grandmother was thrilled, right? Because yeah. you, you, you tell her and, you know. Well, because the brainwashing you, was sticky, you, that's the because, thing. Yeah, because if you tell a European grandmother that she's going to have a grandkid who's a priest, she's like, yeah. oh, I'm in. I'm yeah. in. So that was your moment. You could have gone either <laughs> way with it, and you're just like, nah. No, I definitely could have. Well, you know, I mean, the thing is that theology for me is, is actually a fascinating subject. I, I really do find it terribly interesting. I have friends who, like, really good friends who have tried to be priests and that kind of thing. It, it didn't work out because reasons. Reasons. <laughs> thoughts. Yeah, cause, cause thoughts. <laughs> things happen. Right? But, like, I mean, it is terribly interesting, and and I it, it's interesting in the same way that government is, right? Like to mm-hmm. me, the 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 one major conflict between church and state is that before the state was in, in you know big enough to actually be able to handle its own business, that's what the church did, and and so there's this this really big pushback politically now, especially on the right, where you see. Uh, they try to tear down government in order to build up the church. Like there's this yeah. weird, uh, yeah. Like they, they, you see the Republicans saying there's smaller government, smaller government, smaller government, bigger churches, bigger churches, bigger churches. There's, yeah. oh, I never there's, there's about inherently that this, well, yeah, the, no, the, it, it really religion does, thing. religion does the best in failed states. I mean, there's, there's clear correlation between, is that like Mississippi and, Yes, that's, that's exactly it. You know, I'm not being like an uh, anti-South person, but like, I mean, you know. No, no, I know what you're saying. Well, you know, the they thing are the is poor state. I don't know. They're, they are, they are poor. They have poor education. They have poor social services. And mm-hmm. that is one of the reasons why they're more religious. So they're, whether or not the Republican politicians and religious leaders are consciously aware of it, there is a, co- a strong correlation between having a non-shitty government, like let's say Sweden or Iceland or Germany or England, and having very low amounts of religiosity amongst mm. the population, and and so yeah, man, you know, I mean, I you know, and in Massachusetts, not that much crazy religious stuff going on here. There's some crazy stuff. Don't get me wrong. Oh but, yeah. You know, we're not Mississippi. We're not Arkansas. Yeah, no, absolutely. that's because this place doesn't suck. If people yeah. have states that don't suck, they're not going to do crazy shit. 
Yeah. And, and a lot of the stuff like Mississippi, it's just like, it's really, and it's not the people that live there. It's the state government and the, and I don't know how much money the DNC pumps into change. I don't know. I, I actually never really been there. I've had friends who've gone through there and had this weird warp view of it. And they're like, I had a lovely time in Selma, Alabama. Well, you know, the thing is, it, it's their local power structures, state power structures incentivize stupidity in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. You know, because you have this crappy districting in states that basically gerrymander, you know, districts so that you have strongly religious, strongly right-leaning candidates and they don't have to compete within their own districts unless it's against another crazy right-wing religious person. And so even though the, 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 the general population may not be too zealot, too, too much into the zealotry, they have built a system in which it is a positive feedback. Mm. And you right. get guys like Ted Cruz. Yeah. I mean, cause I think of myself and, uh, I think this is default to all like liberal and independent types like myself. Uh, I have about zero involvement in state government. And the problem is it's the crazies who get super involved in that shit. This is the problem with the Democratic Party too. Is yeah. The fact that I'm comfortable. They don't Things put, are good. They, they, they don't put an emphasis on state government as much as they should. Mm-hmm. And this creates problems too. I was talking, I was out drinking last night. You might be able nice. to tell that my body is a bit raveling. But, um, you know, oh jeez, man, I was on a fucking rant. What was I talking It is about? Sunday morning, you know. I mean, it is Sunday morning. This is and our, it's fucking uh, We really should all be at church right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here's the problem. Okay. So here's the problem with this whole districting issue and how it affects how it goes from the state level up to the federal level and the kind of fuckery that's going to happen is the fact that Congress doesn't do anything because you have all these, all these right wing lunatics going up into, into the House of Reps and basically paralyzing that whole wing of government, that, that whole wing of government. So what happens? What happens is that you have the judiciary and the executive branch doing more and more things because Congress can't pull its fucking shit together. Hmm. And when that happens, you basically have a strongman develop. You know, basically people are sick and tired. You know, if this continues, if the districting issue doesn't get resolved, then what happens? And this is inevitable. This is inevitable. When government doesn't work, there will be a strong person who uh, who comes up, who who takes things over. And so, um, yeah, it isn't sexy, but fucking state districting is the thing that is holding us back and the thing that needs to get fucking resolved. Is Trump like, is Trump the guy that's going to take us away? He, he he could be man because he is you know he and I was saying this earlier is that I would put fucking money right now between him and Hillary that he he would win and I know it's an unpopular opinion I know that the odd the Vegas odds makers are probably against that idea but people have been underestimating that guy from day one and I've been fucking mm-hmm. riffing on on Trump yeah. for like months well and I think Trump you know Hillary falls down on independence more than he does. And, and uh, honestly, that's how elections are decided. And I don't understand this, this, this Democratic Party push to, for party purity, though, 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 it seems like they're trying to do that the same way the Republicans did. You know, you, you hear Hillary saying things like, you know, oh, I've always been a Democrat and I'm going to support down ticket Democrats. And Bernie is just a Democrat because he decided to caucus with us and, and is running as a Democrat, but he's not really a Democrat. He's really an independent. Mm-hmm. And like that kind of thing is just, uh, an argument that seems like, you know, you're, you're pushing for ideological purity, yeah. which is not the Democrats thing. Democrats are big tent. That's, that's yeah, always that's true. their key to success. 
So to say, you know, okay, we're going to exclude this person because their ideas, you know, don't match up with the the party line is is, is ridiculous. And kicking out into it, it, it just seems like they're doing themselves a huge disservice to say that you know we're we're going to reject those independent votes of people who are further to the left than us, and and, and you know not 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 even that they wouldn't. I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of those people will still go to the polls and vote for Hillary versus Trump because because he's fucking Trump. <laughs> but the idea of, of 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 you know moving in on uh. I, I think that there's a certain, you know, level of Bernie supporters who, who are independent and are just going to say, well, if it's not Bernie, I'm just going to fucking stay home. Oh, yeah. There's crazies in every group. I mean, it's like, you know, there's going to be Bernie supporters right, who are but, amazing and then who are just fucking assholes. <laughs> right. But I mean, the thing is that you got, if you look at the way that the actual party splits are, right? Yeah. And, and this is what, this is why the, the closed primary thing doesn't really make any sense anymore is because you've got, a third of the country that's Republican, a third of the country that's Democrat, and a third of the country that's independent, and independents yeah. are the ones that are deciding the election. Well, that's why it makes sense, because then you get your party. You know, I agree. It, it sucks. My friend Will was telling me some, I, I wish I could rephrase this better, but, uh, he was explaining how, like, the Clinton campaign was able to shut down, like, 130,000 voters in New York and, like, stop funding for the Labour well, Party. Well, you know, I, 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 I don't necessarily like saying that it was the Clinton campaign who did that. I, I'm, I don't know. Well, the I DNC mean, as a whole. It's just like, a, they picked uh, Well, her. I mean, the, oh, oh, no, they definitely Remember, did. Like, I mean, 08 when Obama ran and everyone, all the Republican side was just like, Obama can't be president because he's not experienced enough. And now it's 2016 and they're giving us Trump who has zero government experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the irony, but like my, my it, it's, it's very difficult for a presidential candidate to become a presidential a, candidate if they have too much experience because they have too much of a record to attack. It's just it's so strange. But the other, and it, well, I just don't like it's Hillary because like you know they gave us to her in 08. We didn't vote for her. None of us. I mean, people did, but not enough. And now it's 2016. They're like, hey, remember her? Well, we kind of she sold her soul to us, so we kind of owe her this. <laughs> It's a very Republican type of mentality because Republicans in the past, there was a very clear line about who's next, who's next in the batting order that gets to be run, that gets to run for president. And, and that's how the Democratic Party is running things at this point. But I think she's a weak candidate. I think Trump, he's going he's, he's already pivoting and he is magnetic on camera. And I've mentioned this before in one of our previous podcasts is that the guy's an insult comic. You know, he's got the facial gestures, he's got yeah. the shoulder shrugs, he's got the funny lines, you know. And once he – I think he's going to swarm her. I think he's going to rhetorically swarm Hillary. Can you and, see those two? I don't know. I don't know what happened. You know, it, it, it would be a shit show. I mean it will be hilarious for, for comics like me. <laughs> but, yeah. But for the rest of the world, it's a shit show. Do you think Bernie and him would be a good debate? Because I think that also might be like you're not going to change anyone's mind. People I, I, I think – no, you're not going to change anyone's mind in 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 the presidential debates once the the nominees are yeah. drawn, right? Well, you can. You it's know, not going to happen. It's you, just not. You, you you could probably sway independents. You know, like you only need like like one or two percent of the population to sw- to swing over one way or the other to to really affect the election. And, and I will say what I like about Bernie as a candidate is that he does have good facial expressions. He, he the camera does like him. And he's magnetic. Yeah. And I think he would do well face to face with, with Trump. Um, well, I think he's not, he's, he can definitely, I mean, uh, you, you can see situations where Trump would say something 
and Bernie would just start pointing and screaming back. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, where, that's what you where, need to do. That's what where, you need to do. Where Hillary would just kind of smirk and wait for the applause break and, yeah. <laughs> and, you can't and do then that. try and say something Because clever, that's how right? Fox so. News, that's how Fox News operates, you know? On some shows on Fox News, you just gotta yell back. Because otherwise you're going to get buried by the other person, and it's unfortunate. But that's that's and it's a winning it's a winning strategy for Trump. I, I, so yeah. yeah. This is kind of unrelated. Have you guys happened to see those two comedians? It's like James Adomian. I don't know who the other one is, but he does a, a Bernie impression, and the other guy does a Trump impression, and they tour around doing a debate style, like a comedy show, but it's a debate I would style. Say that. Oh God, it's so. James Adomian. He went on at midnight once as Bernie Sanders. Sure. It's so fucking funny. Go on YouTube, find it. If it ever comes around where you guys are, you gotta see it. I watch it on YouTube, but it's, you know, it's him as the other, I forgot the other guy's name, uh, who does Trump, but he does a spot on Sanders' oppression. It's, oh god. Better than Larry David's. They all bear better than Larry David's. And I love Larry David's, uh, Bernie Sanders. Well, well, what's funny about Larry David's impression of Sanders is that it's fucking Larry David. It's Larry David doing it, you know, so. (laughs) It's just just Larry David. And Bernie is just like a, it's just like a leftist, uh, Larry David. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. This is so funny. You know, to pivot a little bit, but what I have been watching is Horace and Pete, Louis C.K.'s. Yeah, Uh, I heard that was good. I haven't seen it yet. Dude, it is. I just watched the first two episodes. They're an hour long, approximately. It's thirty-one. You can see, this is like a fucking infomercial for Horace and, and Pete, but it is beautiful. If you have, I would suggest listen, watching the episodes first before uh, listening to the Mark Maron interview with Louis C.K. because they just did an awesome hour long, hour long, maybe two hour long interview yeah, about Horace and Pete, it. and it's magic. I mean, the interview is magic. That I mean, within the first five minutes of listening to the interview, that's what got me interested, really interested into watching Horace and Pete. And um, when I when it first came out, I heard Louis C.K. saying, "Well, this is the best thing I've ever done." And it's like, well, that's just fucking chin music. That's you know, I mean, every single comedian or every single entertainer wants to say that the new project that they have out is the best thing that they've ever done. But I have to tell you, I'm very impressed. And I would say that, yeah, okay, I I, I, can, I can agree that this is the best material that he's done. You know. What was his inspiration? Because he referenced some like playwright that I had never heard of. The you know what what I got away from the interview, knowing a little bit about who he is as a person, is that it's it's there's a lot of autobiographical stuff. It may not be letter for letter, but there's a lot of psychodynamic stuff going on in in Louis's head because he comes from a broken family. I mean, he doesn't talk to his dad, and there's. No way. There's, there's this, yeah, shit just like downloaded into Horace and Pete, and it's about dysfunctional families, broken people trying to muddle through the world, and it's done beautifully. It's done on a soundstage, so it's more like theater than anything else. There, yeah. There are the sequences that are full with, with ambient noise. You have Steve Bushimi. Alan Alda is a motherfucking epiphany because he plays this foul-mouthed, you know, guy with three-day-old scruff. He, he says the C word, he says the N word, he just fucking throws this shit out. He's got a little jiggle, you know, the alcoholic, the older alcoholics have the, the jiggle the in shake. their hands. Oh, yeah. He's, he's got that. Um, yeah, the guy, the guy just disappears into the role. Uh, you sold me on this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna watch the third episode today. I've heard the third episode's pretty fucking yeah. awesome. Cause Louis, he's a Boston guy. Or. Yeah. Well, you, there's a lot of people from Boston. You know, Joe Rogan, he's from Newton. Yeah. Um, if I ever get, you know, any conversation with Joe Rogan. When you guys are on the uh, Joe Rogan experience. 
Yeah, yeah, whatever we're, we're, we're on, you know, there'll have yeah, to be a, some kind of discussion of, um, you know, Brockton versus Newton, but, you know. Does uh, Newton yeah, always when, win? When you have four yeah. hours to kill to do an episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the I, thing. I, I love Joe's show, but man, God, I, he just. I save that for a long drive. Entire day. Yeah. Yeah. It's very difficult to go all the way through. And one of the, you know, one of the basic rules of podcasting, from what I understand, I've only, we're only doing 27 episodes in or so, is that you want to do the show that you want to hear. Yep. You know? Yeah. And so that's why, you know, I mean, we would like to do more than an hour show, but there, there are financial burdens involved. And so. And there are time do- constraints and, and, and generally, you know, an, an hour is about where you. That's, I check, most people check part. out after an hour. Well, yeah. The thing is, is that when you listen to to really good interviews, is that I think that there there are, and I think you'll hear it in our interviews actually that Jack and I do, is that you can almost hear me chomping at the bit. It's like what you're, what you're talking about is really entertaining and it's really good, but there's only so much we can drill down on this one topic, and Christ, there's all this other really awesome stuff that you need to well, feel like you should be talking about because these are the yeah. things that you probably want to talk about. And so, yeah, yeah I, I can definitely feel myself uh, chomping at the bit of you know, I, while doing I do it. notice, though, if you're in the room with the person, it's a lot easier to go longer because I've done both Skype and in person, sure. and I did a two-and-a-half-hour interview one time in person with like a friend, my friend who's in a band, and two-and-a-half hours went by without even looking up. But on Skype, it's just different. One one of the workarounds that we're doing is that we're having guests who actually like us, which happens. Actually, a majority of people like us. They want to come back a second time to talk about their new projects. Yeah, that's so the we have a we have Atheist Pig coming back on. We have um, Caitlin Bailey, who um, is a comedian in New York City. She has a new show coming. Well, she has an old show that's coming on a festival called Contagious nice. about her work as a um, sex worker. Oh she wow! Was in high school, yeah, dude, yeah. If, if oh yeah, that that episode's amazing. The audio is meh on that episode, but it's Isn't a it? really good episode. Yeah, yeah, and and so I'm really excited that we're gonna have her back on because hopefully we can because this was you know way at the beginning of the show oh, and yeah, yeah. we're still kind of working out some of the details and so so having guests come back and say you know hey I want to be on the show again now that you guys have your shit together a little more is really yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It gives us a chance to talk about the things we didn't get to talk about. Yeah, there was there was a lot of stuff in that episode that we could have hit. Uh. Podcast. It's a weird thing making the podcast one part of it, and then trying to give it away is another part of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a good way to put it. Trying to give it away. Yeah, (laughs) come on, you're shit for free, people. It's funny. And somewhat depressing. I'll, we'll tell you the story from our uh, guest that's actually coming up on the show. The, his episode's coming out tomorrow. Uh, Kevin Bartini. He's a oh, I, uh, another master. Okay, Kevin. So, I love okay, Kevin. so he's a funny guy. And he was saying about how I don't know how many downloads does he have, Jack? Like a million, two million, something like that. Some kind of crazy amount. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he said that his show is just coming up on a million downloads, right? Yeah, and then he's like, and, and then like a beat passes, and he goes. I'm just trying to find a way to make money off it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. If that doesn't put a fucking chill in your heart, if you're not doing, if you're doing this for any other reason yeah, besides yeah. the long game, you know, it's good luck to you, you know? Yeah. Uh, how did you come by uh, the atheism 
friend. Oh yeah, I don't even have a good story. I uh, just I feel like I don't think I ever believed. But I went to I believe my dad's a Unitarian, which I think plays a lot into it, and my mom's sure. Christian, and my dad's parents. Are you allowed to be a hardcore Unitarian? Because that's what they are. <laughs> oh no, no, you can be. There, there's some people who are. Yeah, there's, <laughs> and of course, there's no speak of God with a hardcore Unitarian. It's just more about community and yeah, going it's to like church. That, 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 that funnier die clip about uh, uh, spiritual but not religious. Yeah, church. <laughs> I gotta watch that. <laughs> like that's that's, 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 funny, that, that's, that's funny. hardcore Unitarian. Yeah, that's what they. Are. I, I I swear to God, I've gone to more services at Unitarian churches than I'm not sure if I even prayed or if anyone even prayed. But it's a wonderful. But then my parent, my mom's side was like Christian, but like probably. From what I'm gathering as an adult, I'm guessing is they kind of did. I think we're this is bad. I think we were Christian or Catholic. I don't know. They kind of <laughs> meld together to me. Could uh, have been voodoo. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure my mom was probably more of that. We had kids and we came back to it like most people do. Sure. And sure. Uh, I never got past CCD. I hated going to the fucking CCD. So that's Catholic, right? Or Christian? No, yeah, yeah, that's Catholic. Catholic. That's right, so I think we we're Catholic. I had ADHD. I was a. Uh, young kid who was extremely hyper and they were just not nice to me i'm pretty sure they were just awful to me like they were i probably i think my mom's way to sit in the back because i just couldn't sit still and the priest would be like a dick to her the nuns are just rude to me so then we just kind of stopped going to church um and then i just stopped believe i remember really trying to believe but i had some commitment issues i think <laughs> i just like <laughs> i just remember one day i don't even think i did i didn't know the term for atheism i just remember taking off like the cross chain i used to wear every day in like eighth grade and being like I just don't believe. And then found um, atheism some years later, back around high school. And I was like, oh, my God, I totally agree with all of this. Nothing. <laughs> and I was a dick about it for a number of years. And then now I'm more like, oh, whatever. Sure. If you don't mind me asking, yeah. how do you handle your um, ADHD symptoms now? Um, I don't. <laughs> uh, no, I, <laughs> wonderful. I don't take any medication. And I uh, have found found work that involves me moving around a lot i i i'm in and out of an office all day long so i'm in the office a few hours i'm driving around the whole state a few hours so i i can multitask i work at starbucks i can do that kind of work really well so i just do lots of things at once so i think that must have been a large part of it because the church they were i always just found them really rude like you know like how can you be mean to kids like you know your story when you're singing happy birthday was like cute but it's also like don't don't be a dick to a kid yeah, Which yeah well, I mean, that. you know, that that could have gone entirely yeah. the other way. Where I'm like, you're being disrespectful and yada yada, except it was a small like. Priests are always just dickheads. I've never liked a priest. I've never met a priest that like. That's not true. I've met one. Or... Yeah, we should make sure. You guys Dude, can have you it for your put podcast. That on a t-shirt. <laughs> priests are just dickheads. I met one priest. I mean, of course, I've also gone. You know, I actually used to have, I used to even volunteer at a church, even though I wasn't religious, because my friend did, and I just wanted to help and do service and do good for the world, because I'm one of those assholes. <laughs> and um, they would actually try to convert, like, people would, like, it was, like, called the share program, so we were mostly, like, helping disabled and elderly people get, like, food, and I was like, oh, excuse to hang out with my friends. And the people at the church would get on my case about not believing in God and try to convert me, and I stopped volunteering. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that's a really big problem in a lot of yeah. uh, charity type orgs that are run by churches, which oh, is yeah, the whole I thing about why our church is tax exempt and and this whole you know I mean it it gets into a, a whole different branch of problems with the way that that 
you know, belief is, is so entwined oh, God, it, in the culture yeah. and given these special privileges, which, which is a weird, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's an odd thing to say. And, and, and well, it's not odd to us because we hear it all the time. Right. But yeah. like the, the, this idea that, you know, uh, I think I, the problem is that you have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, disenfranchised lower, lower middle class people who are really ardent believers and they get angry when you tell them that they're privileged mm. because they look at you and say, and say, Hey, well, you know, you, you make, even if we're doing the exact same job, you make 10% more than I do because I'm passing 10% mm. onto the church. And so, so they feel that, that yeah, 10% yeah. a lot. When you guys had w, uh, w. Kamal Bell on him talking about like black atheism of, uh, that like blew my mind. I was like, Oh my God. Like I never even thought about that. Like, cause I grew up in a middle class family and like not having a church oh, yeah. in my life meant nothing to me. It was like, okay. Mm-hmm. But if you're someone who, yeah. Well, that's, that, that's one of the things that we try to do is once again, you know, going back to making the guests feel comfortable because one of the things when, when we were emailing back and forth for him to come on the show, he's like, sure, I'll come on the show, but we have to talk about atheism. It's like, Okay, that's fine. And so we were probably about 45 minutes into the conversation. We were going through his personal experiences with um, racism about him doing his own show on CNN. And then I just said, like, you know, this is your chance to talk about atheism. You wanted to talk about it? You know, uh, he felt comfortable with us. And then for all intents and purposes, we just let him talk for maybe 10 or 15 minutes, you know, ask him, you know, to help, you know, ask him some clarification questions and made him feel safe enough to basically talk about what he wanted to talk about. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's a thing. Yeah. That, I mean, he's in Berkeley, so he, it's not like he doesn't know atheists. And it, I'm sure he's had that conversation a hundred thousand times, but, it, well, but you, it's uh, not but, something but, that anybody else is going to put out on 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 it. It's so. very difficult, I have to tell you. You know, I mean, for a comic, I mean, you speak to your audience. So if you're on a podcast, an atheist podcast, right? One of the things that you feel very uncomfortable, not uncomfortable, but you're wary of, you're aware of, is you know, how much do you really want to start uh, joking about uh, Christopher Hitchens or Dawkins um, being uh, white, smart, intelligent, English, and oh my god, isn't that <laughs> – and now you're atheist too. I mean that's that, that's kind of like, you know, saying his bit and everything, but – Well, I, I think atheism, much like religion, there's like sex of it, like there's uh... – asshole atheist there's like kind of like me like yeah i don't care anymore but like there's different le- it's so popular there's so many different types of it so the the stereotype is the militant atheist who now i also hate yeah well yeah but i mean the reason that that's the stereotype is because they the one that they're the ones that have always been putting out the media right like yeah. so and you know i i'm a i'm a big tent atheist and you can look at other you can look at, and I'm not a prominent atheist, but you can look at prominent atheists, and they're not, and some of them are not big tent atheists. They have some real issues. And because the way how I look at yep. it is like, you gotta have guy, you gotta have people who are the tip of the spear, who are, who are out there, and then you gotta have people who are more like a legislative body, who are the ones that have responsibilities not that the people at the tip of the sphere don't have responsibilities but it's a different it's a different skill set and it's a different need that they're fulfilling yes. and and we all need each other to some extent and um yeah are you guys uh humanist by any chance so that's why i like having a, a wide variety of yeah 
I'm a humanist well, until I, something I, else I, better. I, ideologically, I, I fall into well. Yeah. I mean, you're a fucking humanist. I, Say yeah, I, ideologically, I fall into that camp. Me too. I'm with you. I'm not a joiner because I'm one of those atheists who came to the. Yeah, <laughs> I'm one of those atheists who, who came to the, the the idea as a. Just a, a. There's so much rebellion in the idea of it, in the way I came to it that, I I fall into that camp where, so to to me, you know, I yes, I I give money to to uh uh foundation beyond belief and yes i do all these other things and you know i'll i'll go to atheist charities and atheist fun runs and that kind of thing and and this is yeah. all all falls under the banner of humanist stuff yeah. but like you know I, uh, th- there's still a part of me that i you know thinks of ideology as kind of like this this battle for for votes very much in, the, in a very political way you know yeah. so so i i fall into a and and i i also come from a very you know punk rock aesthetic kind of yeah me too place yeah I kinda, so when i first saw you i was like all right we came from punk scenes <laughs> yeah right. i don't exactly. think i look that way anymore i'm this average dorky white guy but i also just uh am i allowed to allow reveal this on about myself to you guys. I also like ska. I, am I still allowed no, to be ska, on the show? Sure. Yeah, yeah, no, you're okay. You can like ska. Yeah. <laughs> I get shit for that all the time. I mean, Boston, man, Big D in the kids' table was like my youth. You know what? What I, I, I just want to go back to this humanist thing for a second because I go to the. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I have been to humanist meetings. Um, and because I'm so busy, it's very difficult for me to actually show up in person. But. You know, it's funny that being, I am a public anti-theist, you know, but I'm not a fucking waving my fucking balls and teabagging people with my private yeah. section about this. But there is a palpable, in some situations, with some humanist groups, of they don't like anti-theists. And mm-hmm. there are times I've been at meetings that I have definitely been to feel unwelcome. Because I'm an anti-theist. And I've actually, yeah. and I've actually talked to people about this. It's like, look, you know, I'm not in here or, or, or to do jokes or anything like that, you know, but there are other people like me in this group. And so why would you want to make them feel uncomfortable? Because you're a humanist to begin with. That's not what you're. Well, that's so. the thing we, we actually got into, uh, how atheists are you guys? Are you, uh, nothing <laughs> or, I don't know her. <laughs> we are nothing. <laughs> well, sir, I would consider myself to be an agnostic atheist. Is that very yeah. not? Well, you know, I mean, you know, it, it's 6.99, right? On the docket <laughs> uh, scale. Plate, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've heard a. Oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I read a pen, one of Penn Gillette's books. It was really good, but he calls himself a hardcore atheist. I don't know if he still subscribes to this. This is many years ago, but his belief is that not only is he an atheist, he doesn't believe that you believe in God, right. <laughs> <laughs> which well, I no. think is kind of a dick move, but I think it's kind of funny. He's a funny guy, and that's his that's his brand. Yeah, that's his like shtick. Well, I mean, he's got he's got a point there when when you're talking about like because we everybody can read the Bible and objectively say, okay, this is Yahweh's deal. And you go around to people who, who espouse themselves to be hardcore Christians and say, do you believe in this? Do you believe in this? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't. So, I mean, it's, it's really kind of easy. And, and at some point you kind of, 
you can you can pull that card just about any time that you know the Jehovah's Witnesses come to your door and you say, so how do you feel about slavery? And go down <laughs> that, that. I hope you do that. I, I, every once in a while, like, I mean, I try not to engage with them too much, and generally I'm out yeah. doing something when they decide to stop by my house, but they've left the most ridiculous things, you know? And so sooner or later it's going to happen where I'm just going to be in a bad mood, and it's, all right, yep. fine, we're going to do this, because... Let me get my mic out real quick and get you to sign this agreement that says you'll be on my show, and let me argue with you. Now that I have this new space set up where I can have... Because you don't know this, but I rearranged the whole studio over the last oh, week because I was off. Nice. And, and so now I've got this space where I could technically do something like that. And that'd be loads of fun. You should get no, some I, of those. I, uh, I, I, oh, I, I, would, I, I would consider myself to be pretty much an atheist atheist, you know, even though I'm an agnostic atheist. And for those of you who don't know what an agnostic atheist is, it's a person who does not believe there is sufficient evidence to warrant a belief in God. Um, yeah, yes. I'm with you on that. And, but, you know, I have children. I've told them from day, day one. And I've actually gotten in front of, and, and I've told, you know, this is part of my shtick. You know, I, I, I did a um, talk last year in front of a um, Greater Boston Oasis. Mm. And so if you really like to hear what I say, you should book me, anyone out there in the audience. But, uh, or they can just listen to the episode that we put out where you were talking. Fuck you. Yeah. I am much more entertaining. <laughs> I have new you material money. all the time. I'm always running new material. Hey, so, but, but I told, but, you know, it's like I have children. I told them from day one that, um, God isn't real. I tell them that, uh, I've told them that magic isn't real. I've told them that, um, you know, people have imaginary, have, a lot of people have an imaginary friend called God. And the big problem is that they don't know that he's an imaginary friend. Yeah, that's fair. And don't tell them that he's an imaginary, that he's not real. That's a good one. Yeah. That's rude. Because that, they will get angry at you. <laughs> and their parents will get angry at you. So, um, that's why I basically have told them from pretty consistently. And well, I think, we haven't had any problems with that whatsoever. I, I, I think, you know, the, the, the big takeaway there is that, you know, one of the things that's always been frustrating about atheism is that, you know, it's, it's, it's a non-definition, right? Like. Yes, exactly. Which is, which is where terms like humanism really come to the fore where it's just like look we need there needs to be some sort of positive assertions of what it is that you that you do actively believe about how the world should be run just saying you're an atheist doesn't mean anything it just means you know i i don't believe this stuff well but it doesn't tell you anything about anything about what you do believe which is where terms like you know human or humanism and and unitarian universalists to some extent because there are atheists in that in that environment right and I mean, it's not inherent, but it, it, I, I, I it, go out of my way. I go out of my way in public to tell people, you know, if the topic does come up, I, I will self-identify as an atheist just in order to lower the stigma for atheists who don't live in a green zone like I do. You know, for all right. intents and purposes, I'm in the Boston area. It's very open. It's very liberal. But a lot of people, even here, have never met an out-of-the-closet atheist. And so, yeah. But I, I think the big thing there is that, you know, I think even the other side recognizes that atheist is a, is a non-starter position. It's, it's, it doesn't actually work, which is why you have things like out here in Phoenix, you know, we've had Secular Coalition for America and Secular Coalition for Arizona pushing for years and years and years to get prayer kicked out of, of Phoenix city council meetings and two Satanists. They still have them? 
Oh yeah. Well, uh, it, 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 there's going to be a lawsuit. That's a whole thing. Yeah. Did you hear about? No, I didn't know about. No. Okay. So, so what happened was, uh, Phoenix City Council has, has had prayers forever and ever and ever, but it, it is a uh, community-based thing. It, it, the way the the law was written was that you know anybody who's re- religious can petition to, or can sign a form and say, okay, we'll put you on the docket to to come and say your prayer. And that was great until uh, Stu and Michelle from the Satanic Temple came came in and said, well, we want to say our prayer here. And they put them on the docket, and then the city fucking freaked the fuck out. Cause, of course. Because <laughs> it wasn't their version of prayer. And it was Yeah, and it was like a – seriously, the city council meeting, because Phoenix puts all its city council meetings online, you can actually go and watch this shit show of a three and a half four hour city council meeting whenever it's you want it's crazy it's crazy it is insane i saw and, a lot of it yeah. yeah and 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 so what happened was the city council said okay well instead of they, they, they've already they've already filled out all the proper paperwork they've already done everything right that they're supposed to do so they tried to uh you know pass a law that that says that uh they that certain groups can or can't or whatever and the lawyers sitting there telling them that like no you can't do that you you either stop prayer altogether or you let them talk because there is every other way you're just going to cost us hundreds of thousand dollars in lawsuits i love those two people from the satanist church for doing that oh yeah Stu and michelle are great uh yeah i had a satanist on my show once it was fascinating and i think i was like i'm gonna convert to satanism after the episode and then the next day was it Satanic Temple Satanism or, or Church of Satan Satanism? Church of Satan, I believe. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just too... They're different. Uh, they're different. We had uh, Jex Blackmore on. And, um, yeah. she, she Anton LaVey was a name I heard a lot. Is that? Yeah, well, okay. I mean, that's a name you're going to hear in Satanism no matter what. Yeah. But I, I, uh, Church of Satan is is too think... social Darwinisty for my taste. Yeah. It's essentially what it comes down to. But Satanic Temple has been doing some great shit. I, Maybe he's from the temple. I don't. Have you ever listened to? Do you ever know? Do you know the band Boy Sets Fire by any chance? No. 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 So it's him, and then he does another band called I Am Heresy. <laughs> That's super satanic. I I, 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 the one thing I really like about what what Satanist groups in general are doing is that it, this whole kind of distheist argument that they oh. are able to make philosophically that that atheists just can't. You know, they, they can't, the problem with atheists is we say, we don't believe this, but we're going to argue you, this person who does believe it. Like, it, 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 it is such a great counter to the, the young earth, yeah. uh, everything in the yeah. Bible is literally true people to come out and say, okay, look, let's assume that God's still an asshole and I'm back at the other guy. <laughs> yeah. Because philosophically, I mean, if you're going to argue them on your own turf, it's the way to go with that argument. Yeah, it just is. <laughs> so I want to talk to you more about that uh, city council thing. So like, I think you guys should do in Phoenix, if that happens again, just organize more Satanists and people of Islamic faith to show up in prayer and uh, see how that goes too. Well, you know, the thing is, the city council had they they voted to change the prayer to a moment of silence, which. The Satanists were like, all right, so we don't get to, we don't get to do our thing, but at least everything's even now. That's fair. And then one of the city council members started this whole other thing. They got a bunch of churches to sign petitions and, and whatnot. And now so the they, deal is that the, 
city count or the city council meetings are opened will be opened by prayers except only by uh uh what's the word uh like the 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 priests who work for fire departments and uh police chaplains chaplains, chaplains. yes so, so it's so it's strictly like up. fire and police chaplains now and mm-hmm. and those are it's Arizona that's another, are, yeah. and and essentially you know Basically, they're like, okay, we changed the rules to kick the Satanists out, and now we're changing the rules back to where we can have people. Yeah. And 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 Stu is a lawyer who just passed the federal bar. There's going to be yeah. shit. Well, Things are going to happen. You guys are going to lose <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, you, it's not you know me because I'm in Tempe. So technically, okay, Phoenix yeah. has nothing. You know, Phoenix City money and, and Tempe City money don't necessarily have anything to do with each other. It's just Phoenix yeah. is the... You know, it's it's a Brockton and Boston kind of trip, right? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, something funny. I used to work with this uh, girl, and her dad is the pastor for the New England Patriots. I, know, oh, really? I did not uh, know they had a pastor. I didn't know they had a pastor. Oh, of course they do. That's and someone's the- job. <laughs> a nonprofit organization is the NFL hires a pastor. Oh, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, isn't that's so fucked up. The NFL is yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, do you ever think though, if you guys grew up? Like in a church that was like cool, like so the girl, this guy, I actually knew the guy. Uh, I forgot his name. He was a really nice guy when I used to work with his daughter, and um, so he's a it was like a, a black church. I don't know what type it was. I don't, but um, there was lots of singing and like people like who went to it were like super into it, and they're wonderful, wonderful people. And I was like, I wonder if I grew up in a church that I liked, if it would have stuck with me because I had no community ties to the church when I left it. Like it meant nothing to me when I left. I was like, whatever. But when you're an adult and that's your, if you're, if I grew up in it and that was my community and my friends, I might have been like, well, I don't believe in God, but I don't want to stop talking to. Well, at Frank. some point, it, it all matters what the theology is, what the dogma is of the church. I mean, you can have yeah. as many fucking smiley, happy songs, puppy dog, fucking rainbows shooting out of your ass. But if gays are going to hell, <laughs> you know, this yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a tough pill to I take. I wonder if they were. You know? Well, I mean, you know, it's, to some extent, it's it it has to do with with your experiences and, and, you know, what, what you allow yourself to be exposed to. That's, that's why, uh, a lot of the, the fundamentalist Christian stuff is so closed off and, and insular because they don't want those. Yeah. They, they don't, they don't want those ideas getting out. I, I went to Irish Catholic college. I was surrounded by, and, and they're all very nice people, but you know, when, whenever it came to theology, I was just like, no, that doesn't quite make sense. And, and they, they they let me talk to the smart philosophy professors, and we were all on the same page. And so, you know, the whole uh, uh, this idea that I would have stuck with it. Well, yeah, if I was in a insular community and there was no other thoughts coming into my brain. But you know, when you're taking religious class and and reading the Illuminatus trilogy at the same time, <laughs> you, you're just kind of setting yourself up to find problems and flaws yeah, in yeah. the logic, right? No, no, absolutely. I, I sorry, I just said something. Uh, there we go. I have to double click that. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, that's true. But you know, I've also, I've also, you know, what sucks? Do you ever have this feeling when you meet someone who is like religious and they're like ultra liberal and do good service and they're they're just basically a better person than you i have to tell you i have to tell you i've had discussions with with liberal christians and i have to tell you i would rather talk with someone who's conservative who's a fundamentalist because they 
it's wrong. I mean, like, what they're thinking is wrong, what they do is wrong, but they take ownership for that shit. And they will be like this, you know? But, and even if it isn't, they're like saying, it's like, you know, they put it on the line. It's like, this is what I'm about. This is what I'm saying. When you're talking to, to, um, a liberal Christian, a lot of the times it's like talking to a bowl of jello. It's like, so what do you believe in? Well, I believe in energy, or I believe in Jesus, but Jesus isn't really God, and, Oh, I never thought about it that way. And, 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 you know, it's very difficult to pin them down. I mean, for not, for many, not all, but it's difficult to pin them down. And there's a lot of word games that are going on. And it's like, so, so you're telling me you go to church and you're telling me that, that you, you sing songs about Jesus, but Jesus isn't God, but you think it's still important anyway to sing songs to Jesus. Or that God, you can't even give me a good definition of God. Right, I, it, 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 it gets very, it gets very frustrating. It well, easily, I mean, the problem there is because it's, it's essentially you're, 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 you're. That's not a religion. That's a fandom, right? I mean, yeah, if you had a big enough it. Harry Potter fan club, that would be the exact same thing. Because, all right, fine. You you don't believe it's literal. You you kind of uh, think that the whole thing is some sort of wishy washy spiritual, the feels idea. Uh-huh. Of, of, and, and somehow you think that this book is the best representation of that, which is something that I don't even agree with, right? Like, yeah, yeah. E- even on that level, if you take it to be that, that the book is, is, you know, uh, fiction or uh, a moral or morality play or just, uh, a, a way of talking about spirit or moral issues, then it's still way off base. So how about we start talking about real stuff you know that's have you ever i used to have a friend who was like a liberal christian and she was like an activist for the lbgt community and all the stuff and i was like damn you're kicking my ass but we know we never actually had theological arguments it was just more like she's like you don't believe in god and i do and that's fine and i was like yeah that's fine and then it was just it just stopped we never argued it was just more of a okay we believe something different what, the same what, way like know, and, and, and and that's definitely just Especially with liberal Christianity, where you know their God is so wishy-washy and watered down that it, it, you know it, it, when you're essentially defining God as just this thing that I feel this this uh, pantheism almost right yeah where this idea that oh the universe and we are all one and almost like a a Bill Hicks trip and and <laughs> <laughs> and that. Kind of idea. Is, is you know funny, what I find? Yeah, keep going. I'm sorry. Well, the the the, the thing is, uh, uh, Robert Anton Wilson had a great quote about that at some point, where he said the only difference between atheism and pantheism is that pantheists believe that the universe has feelings. Yeah. You know, and and to say that, so so you've got these kind of deist people who are just like, oh yeah, the universe, it's all just one thing, and we're all consciousness experiencing itself subjectively, and that kind of shit, which is. Yeah. There's no real argument there. It's just, all right, so the difference between what you think and what I think does not change the actual way that shit happens at all. Mm-hmm. And so why even make a conversation there? It's just arguing about that is stupid. Yeah, you, you know what I found personally is that saying that you're – because, you know, I'm a comic. Occasionally I get, I get up and I tell jokes and, and, and I tell jokes online. You know, I write comedy. And telling people that you're an atheist, it's especially being public 
atheist, I get the same – it's a very similar response because as soon as you tell people you're a comedian, the first thing they say is what? Tell me a fucking joke, right? Oh, they don't mean yep. but, but they say, tell me a joke. As soon as you tell them that you're an atheist, they just want to start arguing, if, even if they're a liberal Christian or even oh, if – whatever. It. Because it's it's the same thing. So telling people that, you know, so so that's a so I can have a live and let live attitude. You know, I interact with people all the time. I talk with people all the time. But as soon as you start telling them comedian, atheist, they're like they 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 just want to start talking about stuff. And it's like, dude, it's like, you know, if you want to talk about it, that's fine. But you're you're not always gonna like to hear the things I'm gonna say. And and this is softballing it too. But a lot of people just want to push. That's like, uh, you know. Do you ever get you're going to hell? I've gotten that more than once. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, people, you know, I, I, I try to tell my children that what you want to do in life is to create a disincentive for people to say stupid shit to you. <laughs> That's another T-shirt you guys should make. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, you know, that, create that an aura and a force field of basically facial expressions, street cred. And, and a couple of clever witticisms in the fucking chamber in your rhetorical revolver so that when people say stuff to you, you have to let them know. You, there has to be some, maybe a warning shot or a clever quip just to let them know. Just stop it. Just let's, let's, let's talk about something not controversial like Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders, you know, something a little <laughs> <bit> easier. <laughs> There's nothing worse than meeting people who only want to, like, that you just meet at like some event and they only want to talk about controversial stuff and you just meet and like, this is not going to end well. Can we just, actually, I noticed this with, well, uh, you know, I mean, for me, that's liberals. fine because I, I will, I will gladly go to a party and, and have somebody start talking about that and sit and, and I'll have a debate with them for hours yeah. about, I, I've, I've had friends, you know, complain to me at parties for just you're really overdoing this and just look, look he's into it i'm into it we're having yeah, this discussion yeah. you're just gonna let this go i'm sorry if it's bringing everybody else down but you guys can inv- totally ignore the two of us for the next hour because you one of those i'm just about to bring up schopenhauer and it's gonna get good oh, schopenhauer. <laughs> that's awesome you, schopenhauer you know for me it, it's interesting when i'm in a group of people because i do i do some writing i do some fiction writing too um, besides the humor, besides the comedy writing, um, you know, I like I like talking to people and and finding out what their stories are, and and hearing what they have to say, which is a great attitude to have, in my own personal opinion, when you're doing podcasting and you're talking to guests too. It's like I really want to hear your story. I am excited about hearing your story. This is, uh, you know, so um, this is like one of your chances in life that you actually get to say things. Someone will listen and they will ask you follow up questions. That's yeah, yeah. And there could be awkward yeah. questions too, like how do you handle your ADHD? I'm curious about that. You know, yeah, yeah. It's not, because I'm all about being in remission and controlling my own symptoms of whatever mm-hmm. craziness is going on in my fucking head. And so I'm always interested, you know, in a very pragmatic way about hearing other people's stories about that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, I, I think that stuff's interesting too. It's no, it's I, cool. I. Uh, go ahead. What's that? No, I no. have nothing important. I have nothing important. Nothing important. <laughs> <laughs> well, that should we should title the episode. We have nothing important. <laughs> we have nothing and, important. And people are gonna flock to this fucking episode. Hey, thank you guys so much for doing the show. I know we gotta kind of wrap up because it's getting towards the end of the day. Uh, so, where can people find you online? Well, I did, obviously, uh, zxh-creative.com is the host place for the podcast and all my other old podcasts and where our, our little Amazon shop and stuff is. So if you listen to the show and you like what's on the show and you want to find out more about our guests and whatnot, uh, the shop is just one of those Amazon storefronts where 
we put together a list of, of all the stuff that people who are on the show have. So you can come buy it there and, and give us money in the process, even though it doesn't cost you anything else, which is great. If you do just want to throw money at us, we've got, you know, PayPal accounts and I can give you a Bitcoin wallet address and <laughs> any, any way you want to give me money, I will gladly accept to try and keep doing this because, because that's ideal, right? But don't you have a book too? Oh, uh, well, I do have, it's, it's the Miskatonic University Beginner's Guide to Old Ones Yoga, uh, which is which just is fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's just, it's just a, it, it's, it's essentially a half hour yoga routine, but we replaced all the, uh, uh, names of positions and stuff with yoga mon, or with Cthulhu monsters. And, <laughs> and my friend Nick, who, who, who was on the old show, did all the illustrations. So we've got, I mean, the, the, the best thing about that book was when we were working on it and Nick was taking his time getting the drawings and, and I emailed him to say, Hey, what's up with the drawings? And he said, well, look, you, you got me trying to draw a, you know, a, a, a non, what was the word he used? A non, well, a, a non humanoid being doing yoga. And I just look, <laughs> all I asked you to do is to, Draw me a picture of a creature with no arms and no legs touching its toes. Why is this so complicated? <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, oh, screw you. So, so that was a thing that we put out, and and it's available on the on uh, uh, on Amazon Kindle store that you can just get and have some fun with, and it supports the show, and you get something free in the process. You know. Mm-hmm. That's that, that's my approach to marketing this. Sooner or later, I'm going to get the the chessboard thing off the ground, and we'll see how that goes. Nice. So, uh, yeah, Andrew, where can people find you online? I am everywhere. I am everywhere on Twitter. I'm at Laugh Purgatory. That's me. I do the comedy atheist blog, Laughing in Disbelief, on Patheos. I'm on the Atheist Channel. There's a lot of different faith. Faiths on Patheos, but I am laughing in disbelief. I also have a book, and I will say that it is the best fucking thing I've ever done creatively. It's called Lovers, no, Vampires, Strangers, and Other, no, Vampires, Lovers, and Other Strangers? Yes, it's been a while since we wrote it. I love how you forgot your own book title. Vampires, Lovers, and Other Strangers. It is a short story collection. It is sublime. If I do, if I, if I will pimp out my own material, Vampires, Lovers, and Other Strangers. It is magic. I'm writing on another short story to add up, to add into it. It's on Kindle. You can check that out. I am a public speaker. I am the speaker of words. You can, if you like what you hear, the insanity that I weave, you should come on over to any area that you can contact me on Twitter or on my blog and shoot me a line and I will say funny things in front of you and your peoples. That's what I will do.
Did you know that listening to Let's Chat with Revel and Friends can improve your memory, problem-solving skills, and ward off Alzheimer's? Hello everyone, this is Dwight Hurst from the Broken Brain Podcast. It's a weekly podcast about mental health, psychology, and psychotherapy. And unlike the spurious claims I just made about listening to this show, we actually try to talk about things that are researched and just true. If you believed the things I just said about Let's Chat with Revel and Friends, it probably would come true. That's called the placebo effect. My own experience has been that when I talk to Chris or listen to his show, I always walk away feeling like a little bit better, a little bit smarter, and like the world is a little bit better place to be. Anecdotal evidence that all my claims are true. So tuck yourself in and sit on back and listen to a great episode right now of Let's Chat with Revel and Friends. Take it away, Chris.